What's up, Sassy Gamers? And welcome to another episode of Got Our Attention Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 4, here with uh, Brian, Bruno, and Kelly. What's up, y'all? Hello. What up? Did it's you been like a whole the day since I've seen you guys. And the episode, right? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I, I, guess I don't we think don't. he said the date at oh, all. Okay. But I don't say the he date. got this. He got the season episode right. So I was that's like, yeah, I, don't, I don't say that. I don't say the date anymore because that's right. You know, that's right. Yeah, you know. we're past that. We're over that. Date, we're dates just, are fluid. Say. Yeah, dates they really are. are. They really are. Time is subjective. Yeah. Yeah. You yes. just Guess when this released and when we recorded it. We're okay. we're done An with structured dates. Okay. Like that's such an archaic system. So what, that's what binds us to the 40-hour work week. We're just throwing right. that out. Yeah. That is and we're going to start using swatch time. So Swatch time? Yes. Oh, shoot. Are we all I'm not sure if I understand watches? what that is, but uh, okay. So this was a really interesting idea that Swatch had come up with. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Swatch. Um, they didn't like the idea of time zones. So I mean, I, mean, I kind of don't yeah. either. Swatch Just internet time that. is what it, so swatch <laughs> internet time is what it's called. Um, and so if there so, was, if it was, there was like, they divided the day up to 1000 beats. So if this was beat 850, it was beat 850, no matter where you were in the world. So 850 was, so if you said meet, meet it, beat 850, Everybody would meet at the same time because it doesn't matter about time zones. Hey. Beat eight fifty is the same time every time every day. That's uh, each cool. beat is equivalent to one this. minute and twenty six point four seconds. That uh, that's a little mm-hmm. uneven for me. I but I guess <laughs> if everybody had a swatch, then you would know what that is because it would be tracked on there. Although I could the internet tell you. And also, like I guess if if you're if. If you've converted to beats, period, like minute in twenty point four seconds or whatever you said, Brian, yeah. that doesn't matter anymore. It's that's wouldn't matter. That, that's, that's wild. Uh, I, uh, I, I I could get behind this, and you know what? I really, really, really gets my goat, and I know you all know this. You have goats. <laughs> that's pretty wild. How many Chickens goats do you have? <laughs> I've got. I mean, I've got a whole bunch of no. Uh, when people Ice confuse cream and goat yoga. Yes. <laughs> when Sorry. people misuse or misstate the current time zone. So we're living oh. on the east coast of the US oh, right you mean now. The, the penny Eastern saver. Eastern daylight saving time. You mean uh, savings. No, ah. no, I believe. No, I, believe, I don't actually. No, I believe we're Eastern I fucking don't. Daylight time right now. It's EDT, isn't it? Uh, it's Eastern Daylight. I'm saving just saying. Time. You have a savings account, not a saving account. <laughs> nope. Yeah, true that. Nope. I'm, I'm saying what Eastern I can do. Eastern Standard Time to figure out if I can get Kelly to come here and try and murder me. Yeah, no, it's gonna happen, dude. <clears throat> I, I mean, that I wasn't can happen drinking, anyway. But, I don't think you yeah. Are you gonna murder me at like 10 p.m. daylight savings time? No, or? at 920 beats. <laughs> all you, all you have to do, do is it. tell her it's a Canadian thing, and she'll believe you. <laughs> now, see, I would always cheat, and I would just say 3 p.m. Eastern U.S. Eastern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, and that's and that's what you should do. If you're not confident. Yeah, I mean that works too. 
that, 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 that's, that's a nice, that's a nice cheat, but no, I, it makes me so effing crazy. Like at work today, somebody sent me something. I was like, Oh, you're going to meet me at 1030 EST. Okay. It was just, yeah. You say you show up an hour early and you're like, what's up? I'm like, what? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You said your Zoom session was supposed to start then, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. No, pass. I'm good. Uh, so today we're going to talk about something that was quite interesting of a new story that we saw. No, Mike, we're only talking about time zones. Wait. <laughs> beats. Program. Swatch totally and beats. Time. This is an entire podcast episode dedicated to the passage of time. <laughs> Which is why this we're is about to talk about old stuff. Yeah. Yes. And exactly something right. that makes the time pass faster. Yes. We need like the little old wavy thing from like the old things like I Dream of Genie now. And it's like, ooh, and we're going to go into the past. Continue, Mike. You were talking before I interrupted we are you. Yes. So today we're going to talk about. Actually, he was a guy. He was called the caffeine guy or something like that. And he was on E3 right, once. And he was like, look it up, E3 <laughs> Caffeine Mr. Caffeine, guy. yes. yes. Yeah, Mr. Caffeine, it was... <laughs> Mike's like internally... Can I talk about <laughs> So, interestingly enough, we are going to talk about the Electronic Entertainment Expo, or what most of us know as E3. Because uh, instead, there was some interesting news that came up with E3 recently, which we'll get to. Uh, but I kind of want to talk about E3 in the sense of kind of where it came from, why it is, and, and kind of... You know, if you're not familiar with E3 as a whole of now, uh, we'll talk about that and so forth, so on. But so back before in the early days, back in the 1990s, I know, right? It's like way back in the time machine <laughs> here. Well, I don't know what, when, what beat that is of what year <laughs> of our uh, savior or whatever. But uh, but yeah, there. Um, swatch. <laughs> so the thing is, back then, um, you know, video games are still pretty new, right? They're they're they had. Um, different platforms, different companies like Nintendo and, and Sega and things making, you know, consoles and such, and even, you know, Atari and all this fun stuff. Um, but there wasn't really a dedicated space for them to kind of showcase, you know, what they did. Um, so what they ended up doing was they attached themselves to the Consumer Electronics Show or CES, uh, which was kind of all things consumer electronics. So, I mean, you could have like a toaster car or car stereo mm, or porn, apparently, uh, things TVs. like that. Well, I mean, I mean, it's what, my it's what they say. Well, my understanding it wasn't that the porn was part of CES, that the porn had their own show. Ah. Like consumer. Uh, I forgot the name of it, but it was held in the same area in the same convention halls. Gotcha. And what you played the porn on? Are we going to yeah, get whatever. like, so, so here's the thing. No, so again, safe. this is CES. So it's, it's not dedicated to video games. It's dedicated to anything, you know, consumer electronics. So, a lot of times, and this is, and these are, you know, statements that were said by different companies and things um, that there just wasn't any dedicated space. And usually at this location would be in the parking lot, there'd be tents out back. And that's where the video game developers and companies, like, where they'd be at, like that would be their, their booths. Um, so everybody's inside having a nice air conditioner, looking at this toaster. Uh, but if you want to look at video games, you need to go outside and, you know, whatever. And, th and this is like... And the air conditioning is important too because typically CES is in mm -hmm. Vegas. Right. Oh, so, the Vegas. So, yeah, not a lot of people were probably hanging out at the tents out back unless you had to be. So, uh, so actually, here's a, here's a quote. So, um, this is from uh, Tom, 
I'm going to murder his last name, uh, Kalinsky, I think it is. Uh, he was the former Sega of America CEO. And he said, uh, this is a, an article. He, he actually did an interview with the Washington Post. And he said, uh, we were one of the many video game displayers back there, ourselves and Nintendo, and of course, a lot of other third-party publishers. And he says, uh, right over the Sega display, there was a leak at the top of my tent. And so the water was dripping down on my new Genesis 16-bit machines. And I basically said to everyone, okay, that's it. We're, uh, we're never coming <laughs> back here again, and we're going to have our own show. And uh, so it was just like, this is their experience, right? This is like Sega. The, the CEO of Sega is like back here at this tent. Done. And uh, so during this time, another attendee uh, who was at the show, his name's Pat Farrell. Um, he was actually the president of Infotainment World, uh, which you probably know is the Gamer Pro Magazine, um, or created, they actually created Gamer Pro Magazine. Um, and he said at the time, the whole industry was just exploding. And the fact that we were being treated like second class citizens, we were just like, now we're growing in a way where we need to be treated the same as television or, you know, a boom box. So we quietly started pitching the vice presidents of marketing of sales, uh, the guys that we knew in the industry to say, hey, look, what if we gave you an alternative? Uh, so, again, direct quotes from these guys um, back when the Washington Post yeah. interviewed him. But uh, well, the point was, yeah, there wasn't a dedicated the, space. Not only was there not a dedicated space. But there was also a couple other things going on in the industry along with Congress and a couple other things like Mortal Kombat had fatalities. Mm -hmm. Night Trap was like mm -hmm. this, which was one of the earlier FMV ones, which was like, oh, it's scandalous about like these guys. And by the way, it was like a live action Scooby-Doo. It was hilarious. It's pretty but, bad. You should watch the footage on that show. Yeah. But it's like these guys were stalking these like schoolgirls that were like all over to slumber party. And there's like these crazy, almost home alone esque type <laughs> traps that you would activate with this FMV. And this stuff was going in front of Congress, uh, late in 1993 or so. And the video game industry was under a lot of scrutiny at that as well one of the things that came about was a bunch of the publishers and everybody basically coming together and uh, an entity was created called the interactive digital software association, IDSA to represent these companies in Washington, DC uh, and later got renamed to the internet software association, the ESA. Oh, well, uh, Eventually, it was actually Entertainment Software Association, uh, ESA. Oh, what did I say? You said Internet. Oh, inter <laughs> oh, yes, Entertainment Software Association, ESA. So, wow. So, well, it was uh, a long time ago. It's fine. I remember it clear as day back when I was two years old. Yeah, so, so ESA actually created a new event called E3. Uh, or in this case, like I said, Electronic Ex Entertainment Expo. So they created this space for for all of the initially um, when it was first created to have industry only people uh, be able to come out. So I mean, journalists or video game companies, publishers, whoever uh, to be able to come out buyers. and be able to showcase. Uh, yeah, buyers um, like your stores and things like that um, to come out to be able to showcase Walmart, all of these Kmart, things. Target. And, and be able to sell these new devices that are going to be coming out, these new consoles or whatever they were doing. Um, so that was kind of the beginning of why E3 was created was to give themselves a space so that they can basically market and kind of soft, you know, showcase the next gen of whatever it was back then. Yeah. Quite which I was telling, literally a trade show. Yeah, very because, much. Because, you know, I mean, we're talking about 95, you know, 96, 
the internet was not even close to what we have now. Right. Was not, so, so, so the only way that like Walmart could figure out how much shelving area they needed to put aside for like selling games and consoles and stuff like that was they have to send a representative to go and look at this stuff and make decisions, uh, six months, a year ahead of time of what they're going to buy and how many units and everything. Yeah. I was actually telling Kelly earlier. It was, there was at the first 1995 E3, uh, it was Sega gets up and it has their big showcase. And it's like a, probably like a 30 minute showcase of their next thing that's coming out, which was the Sega dreamcast, uh, which didn't even release till I think two years later, like 97. But, uh, the idea was they go up there and they have, and this is like footage you can look up online. I would totally suggest you do this, but, uh, <laughs> they have, you know, the guy goes up there, explains the whole thing. And he says, it's going to be three ninety nine, and it's going to be, and so let me stop there. This is 1995. He said the device was (laughs) going to be $399. So we're talking nowadays prices that of like consoles that were like, ooh, $399. Xbox, ooh, I don't know, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So imagine 1995. Like that's insane. The um, Series X was $299. Last yeah. two, year and a half ago, <laughs> you know, yeah. so so they uh, he goes up there, does his whole spill and, you know, goes through the whole thing. And then Sony's next and Sony uh, had a whole showcase of stuff they were going to talk about. But after this guy has been up there for 30 minutes and just did all the stuff, he walks up, he opens his notebook and he just says two ninety nine and closes his his little binder <laughs> and then walks off the stage because <laughs> and then people started cheering because they knew that obviously Sony had something coming out, but he didn't even have to do anything. The, the pitch was already there. Like all he had to do was say how the price was going to be. It was perfect. So do you um, think he that, said anything to anybody before he did that too? Do you think he was like, I mean, I'm, I want to believe no, just because yeah. like, it was just like, he probably had all this stuff written out, like this whole thing yeah. to try to sell somebody. And he's like, I don't even have to do that now being yeah. probably a good salesman. He was like, all I have to do is say the price and people are going to mm-hmm. know like it's, <laughs> but, but that's just one of the many weird and fun things that have happened at E3. And I'm not going to get into all the details on that, but over the years, um, there has been a lot of different things, but basically fast forward to, to the two thousands. And now E3 has become one of the largest expos um, for any con- uh, any company that wants to showcase their new games or consoles, um, so forth and so on. And as it grew larger, um, companies started bringing in actors and famous you know comedians, like we were saying earlier, Mr. Caffeine and all these things. But the problem was like sports yeah. stars. Yeah. Or, you like know, the booths uh, were insane and they would throw swag at people pretty much like sure. Drake for FIFA. <laughs> not sure why anyway uh but the point is they had they brought these different personalities we had the rock and you know all these different people coming in some were good some were not great uh some of the the showcases were not that great uh you can look up e3 horror story videos like there was um <laughs> there's just some terrible pre- presentations they've had in the past and and that's fine because it's kind of made what e3 was today uh, at least what we knew um, I mean, they had they yeah. had Keanu Reeves, so that was you know right, oh, and that's the most recent, the last actual E3, wrong. which <laughs> they also had Snoop Dogg. That was yeah. pretty dope. What they said, he actually didn't present anything. He yeah. just played a game, and all he played, he had a blunt in his mouth, and he just played the game. Yeah, until he did. That's all he needs to do, man. That's that's his exactly. way of that's all he got paid anyway. for. Hey, but but yeah, it was it was crazy to um to see this build over the years, and so one of the things as it's Brian mentioned earlier is the internet, right? So um, when 1995 happened, this internet was not like a, a most common household thing. Like you don't just find 
you know, you don't just Google things and, you know, maybe ask Jeeves or something at that point. But oh um, my God, the point is it wasn't Jeeves, ready. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't readily <laughs> available for everyone. So if you wanted to find out this information, you'd either have to attend, which at this time was usually, um, there's only been a couple of times where they've actually uh, let other people in until recently. Um, but you'd either have to attend or you'd have to wait till a journalist would publicize some kind of magazine that said, like, here's what's coming, you know, and you'd pick up the magazine and have to read it and pay like 20 bucks for the magazine and there's cheat codes in the back or whatever. Um, but it would talk about what was coming. And, but once that shifted in the 2000s and we started getting, you know, household computers everywhere and people are starting to use the internet, um, we started seeing different things happen, like in, because uh, of the rise of technology, right? Um, so we started seeing that people weren't really wanting to spend the money companies, people, um, just to fly out to a showcase. I mean, it's, you're talking, these were always, so from the beginning, these were started in Los Angeles. Like that's where they started the E3 and it's only been out of uh, Los Angeles twice. One was to Atlanta, Georgia, because that made sense. Uh, And then the second (laughs) one was Santa Monica, which was down the street. Um, Both those locations failed. Uh, Santa Monica, they didn't like because it just, the layout wasn't great. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia didn't make sense because the initial reason they started in Los Angeles was because they knew that you had um, all these you know, developers and consumers from Japan. Like they were coming, they were having to fly in. So it's easy for them to fly into Los Angeles, do what they need to do and head out. Atlanta, Even that's though Atlanta like, does have the world's busiest airport. Yeah, but I mean, they have to cross <laughs> the whole U.S. to get here too. So that was just a whole other yeah. thing. Um, well, I mean... ESA is in Washington, D.C., and the publishers are all worldwide. I mean, this, this. Yeah. So, I, I think I, I think one of the interesting things is that it was in phases as well, because with the Internet coming in, you had magazine publishers were getting that. That's where a lot of the advertising was. So they would get the behind closed doors, look at something that isn't coming out for six months so that they could do the advertising ahead of time and have the magazine covers and show the early screenshots. But then as the internet got a little bit more powerful and you had internet review sites and stuff like that, they started coming to E3 and that became less of a thing with the magazines. And so you had those, you know, the, the literally the, the IGN and the GameSpot, you know, some of the early ones, so they were covering E3 and they were providing the information. And then you see the big transition recently, which is like, which you will probably get a little bit more detail into, I'm sure, which is yeah, they just, now the publishers just go directly to us. So huge changes. So, so speaking of that, that's kind of where I was going is, is the fact that the rise of the internet kind of took place. Um, again, nobody has to spend money to fly out to Los Angeles you don't have to prepare this, this terrible performance. That's going to just look like really bad on the internet, you know, 20 years later, as we look back at the footage now. <laughs> um, so one of the first ones that kind of backed out of this event was Nintendo. And, and you're probably familiar with Nintendo direct um, because that's what they decided to do is they stopped attending in 2013, uh, moving to digital pre-aired videos, which they know as Nintendo direct and, uh, and that way, it was able to control, obviously, the media that they were going to put out, um, be able to, you know, do everything they want, polish it before they released any announcement. Uh, and they had total control over it. So if it didn't work out, they could redo it and, you know, keep going from there. Uh, plus, they could release it on their timeline. It wasn't just, 
a mm-hmm. oh e3 date it was anytime we want to do a nintendo direct we could just do one and we can schedule it and people will attend it and that is what it is i think so. uh it's it's not just it, it is definitely the control like you were saying but the other side of it is the other shift that's been happening e3 which is primarily being a trade show so you had people that were looking to purchase and and going there and trying to figure out you know like the walmart stuff like that but then also like the actual journalists and there was an understanding that yeah what they're showing is early and it's gonna have problems and it's no big deal if someone has to come in and like suddenly restart something because it crashed and stuff like that now e3 especially within the last three to five years because 2017 i believe was the first year where they started shifting away from only games industry people being allowed in but they've shifted a little bit slowly more and more to the public well the public is a lot less forgiving if (laughs) your demo suddenly crashes yeah right and and that's why I think that control is very important there because there, we're shifting away from the super early stuff to a lot more polished stuff because they have to, because the public's so much more visible to it. Yeah. And that is true. So 2017 is when uh, they actually, so they've done this in the past. Uh, I think once or twice they let consumer like regular people like me and you just attend. Um, but in 2017, they decided to make that, you know, just wide open. Anybody can attend. You buy a ticket, you can show up, uh, which again has to do with a lot of the fact that this was not necessarily a trade show anymore because the companies are starting to back out. So Nintendo, like I said, wasn't attending anymore. 2019, Sony decided they're not going to attend anymore. They're going to start hosting their own state of play. Uh, and then you have other companies like Bethesda, who's owned was owned by Zenimax at the time, now obviously owned by Microsoft, um, was having their own events like a Bethesda showcase where they would feature all of their games. And again, they can create their own content. They can do whatever they want um, and spend as much time or not on each game that they want to release. And with the Internet, you could just look at these websites, go to YouTube and pull it up and watch, watch whatever it's doing. So, um, you know, Blizzard was another one, BlizzCon, which also now owned most likely by Microsoft, uh, not, not <laughs> ex- officially yet. But, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah. all of that stuff was happening into uh, the point where E3 isn't, well, for one, it hasn't, E3 isn't what it used to be, right? So again, it started off as a trade show showcase for all of these different companies to be able to, to have a place to be able to dedicate for that. And then now, because of the way the internet was moving, is turning into more of a, a, a event for just normal people to come see new games and such. Uh, but of course, we're all very familiar with uh, this little thing called COVID-19 uh, that Wait. struck. I'm sorry, what are you <laughs> I don't talking know if you guys about? have heard of it. Uh, it's like this pandemic that happened in 2020. Oh, it's not, not a video familiar. game? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I haven't played that one. I was yet. wondering, like, I didn't even hear about the first 18 <laughs> COVID games. So, like, <laughs> for you to just spring 19 on me there, like, did I miss... 18 other E3s? That's kind of wild. You missed it. So obviously in 2020, uh, the rise of the COVID-19 pandemic kind of slaughtered any sort of in-person convention, expo, anything. I mean, the whole world basically stopped for the most part. Uh, So because of that, E3 was canceled. And this is the first time they've ever canceled their event, which made sense. I mean, they were, like I said, they weren't the only one. We had a lot of different conventions that were canceled because of COVID. Um, So, you know, 2021 rolls around. And what we saw in, so we saw a couple of companies in 2020, which we covered before was uh, they decided to move to an online showcase, which uh, PAX did that. Um, 
they also it was like Dragon Con tried it. Uh, I think uh, what was the other one? Um, Comic Con I think did an online version. Uh, E3 talked about it, and then they said we're just going to cancel. We're not going to. We're just going to wait till next year. We'll come back, and you know, good. Twenty twenty rolls around. Twenty twenty one rolls around, and again we have uh, some conventions starting to kind of do things. Uh, and some still doing online. Actually, I think PAX did both. <laughs> they were like, we're going to just do both. If you yeah, want to attend, you can do online, whatever <laughs> whatever you feel like, whatever your comfort level is. Uh, and E3 said, but we're going to do Australia? online. But canceled PAX Australia? Isn't that right? Uh, yeah, so, I think Australia was canceled yeah, both times. Yeah. I think so. Um, so in 2001, E3 decided they were going to air online. But E3 wasn't E3. It was actually the Electronic Entertainment Experience since it was a virtual mm-hmm. virtual event. Uh, so they did that. So still then, three E's. Yeah, yes, still three E's, yes, just not the yes. same E3 that we're familiar with. Well, <laughs> again, uh, 2022, they said, hey, we're coming back in 2022 full force. We're going to be there ready to go. And then we get the announcement earlier this year that E3 has been canceled. <laughs> and we're like, well, that's strange because and they're like, well, 2023, we're coming back full force. And we're like, well that we've heard this story before, you know, fool me once, you know, shame on me, I guess you could say, or shame mm-hmm. on you and whatever, uh, whatever, however that goes, no, I'll have to no. learn that from my kid, I guess, eventually. Um, so, <laughs> or, or, or so, George or, Bush, George W. Or Bush. Watch, <laughs> or watch Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, so, so this is kind of getting back to the point of why I brought this up. So E3 announced they were going to cancel in 2022, but what they announced in their press conference was that read pop, who is the manager um, management of uh, coordination group that does PAX and also um, what was the other one? Uh, Comic Con, I think San Diego or oh, something. No, not San Diego. They, uh, they, not San Diego? <laughs> oh my God. Emerald Kitty. Uh, there's so many that they do. Uh, the, oh my God was not directed to you. My apologies. <laughs> uh, the, New York Comic Con. Sorry. <laughs> I was talking about the number here that I'm looking at Emerald City Comic Con, Florida Super Con, Games Industry Biz, uh, no, uh, MCM Comic Con. Uh, Microsoft Festival, New York City Comic Con, uh, all the PAXs, all the PAXs. So, so they Trek, handle Mission a lot. Chicago, wow, they're Hopkins. a monopoly, is what I'm hearing. All right, we gotta we gotta break that up. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> so, stuff they do overseas. Bruno, yeah. you want to so, go in by a couple? So E3 of announced I'll that they are canceling 2022, but they're coming back in 2023 with Reed Pop being the manager of the show. So why that's exciting, potentially, unless you're against monopolies. Uh, is the fact that they do handle all of these events uh, for people or in-person events for normal people like me and you to attend with also industry people there as well. And they're very familiar with the space. So moving. So it seems like, well, it is the specific space we're talking about is the space that E3 has been trying to move into, which is a consumer space, you know, cause E3 has been mostly trade show and they can't get rid of that part because that's what the ESA is there for, at least part of it. But they've been having trouble with making this transition to the more consumer show, uh, which is necessary because they, the trade show part of it, not all of it exists there anymore. So yeah, the read pop, which it, which by the way is a small subsidiary of read in general, because read is huge in the convention space. Uh, and repop just does, does the pop culture part of it. Uh, yeah, that they, they brought in who they see are going to be experts in trying to manage the show with more of a consumer space. That'll so be I think 
I, I never I really it's... paid any attention to E3 until 2014's No Man's Sky. That was honestly the first time I ever right. looked at E3. Yep. Ever. Wow. So that's the, I mean, the thing that's out there is the fact that Repop that Repop is taking over that that clearly states that ESA has decided that E3, the future of E3 is going to be a consumer event and not a trade show. And they know that they have to double down on that. And they're and the way to do that, how they feel is to go with Repop to let them manage it. Uh, so hopefully what we'll see in the future is something uh, along the lines of like a PAX where you have all these industry people panels there. You have, you know, you're there to buy games. You can check out new games. You can talk to you know, developers and line management and line management. Like, no, seriously, they, they that, like, that. <laughs> it, like people who've been going to E3, they say, you know, E3 again, wasn't built for consumers. So they're not expecting for 500 people all at once wanting to stand in line to play the game. Uh, right. so yeah. Uh, yeah. So line management's a huge part of this because mm-hmm. E3 didn't before they didn't know how to do anything with that. And so it was a total mess. And it was like literally the industry people always talked about after like, you know, 2017, 2018, that they'd have to do wide detours around. They wouldn't even go to the, the, what we consider the main thing, which is the show floor. They'd just be like, no, we've got interviews to go to. We're going to bypass all this stuff. <laughs> yep. So that is your E3 history of the day. Hopefully uh, you learned a little bit. And if not, like I said, go pick up, watch those videos on YouTube. There is a lot of fun, strange things that have happened at E3 over the last you know, couple decades at this point. But um, on that note, take a few minutes, well, I'd like listen to, to, oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I, I would like to say that uh, that's the history just really quickly on the future. Some words from read pop themselves. Uh, you know, we're thrilled to bring back E3 as an in-person event with Repop, a global leader in producing pop culture events. Um, one of the things that struck me was one of the quotes that uh, I believe the president or yeah, the VP who is going to take it, uh, take this over said for years, we've listened, heard and studied the global gaming community's feedback. I mean, they have, they've been doing this in many pop culture type, conventions e3 2023 will be recognizably epic a return to form that honors what's always worked and i think that's an important thing saying there because if they try to make this packs i think it's just gonna fail because that there's already enough of that around right yeah Uh Yeah. Um, i'm not saying i wouldn't go (laughs) (laughs) listen I would go to E3 given the chance. Absolutely. But I think that understanding what has worked in the past and honoring that and being able to build in the future, because he says while reshaping what didn't work and setting a new benchmark for video game expos in 2023 and beyond. So I think you've got some people that have their finger on the pulse of the gaming communities already. They know how, to make a consumer show work and they, and they've not, they're not strangers to trade shows either because they've got the greater read corporation to pull from for experience there. So I, I feel pretty confident here that we're going to see E3 in 2023 actually come back. 
maybe it might be a little bit shaky to start with, but I I'm confident that they're going to be able to pull this off and we're going to have a successful show and it's going to find it's going to evolve as it has in the past with magazines falling out and then, uh, you know, having to even the internet, uh, you know, game sites becoming less relevant as people can, as publishers can just broadcast right to our eyeballs. Right. It's, it's evolved before. I think with read pops assistance, they're going to be able to evolve again. And I think they're going to be successful again. And on that note, listen to your word from our sponsor. And we're back. Is that good for you? Do you like that? We are. I was not. Almost threw up. Almost threw up. Almost took my AirPod out and threw it down on the ground. Don't fucking come at me with this ASMR bullshit. Said I mean, it once, I'll say six more times. It made it made you feel a only six. Type of way. So if you do it seven <laughs> times, you are in the clear. Kelly's done. <laughs> Quick. So now that I'm all hyped Don't. up on all these this game conversation, I want to talk about some games. <laughs> Ooh. We played a game. We we did actually, me and Brian both, which I totally didn't get you the footage that I told you I was going to give you. But <laughs> I've watched a lot I, of that game. Yeah. I honestly had fun playing that game. I I was not I I liked it. It was it was fun. <gasps> Ooh. I honestly don't think I'd play it again anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, not I because mean, it's bad. Just because it's not, it, it, you my know, fingers it's, it's are pretty one of those tired. Games. Oh, well, it, it's it's one of those games. I know that, how you feel, Mike. I know how you feel. Okay. <laughs> 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 so I don't get it. She's also played the game. I, I need a oh, drink and a cigarette. I mean, <laughs> Sorry. I mean, she she did watch us play the game. I did. Yeah. I did. I did. So multiverse has been an amazing And it wasn't game. on video. So multiverses. Wow. <laughs> so we're talking about multiverses, which is basically a brawler, uh, very yeah. much a I'm not going to say clone, but a competitor of the Super Smash Bros. Uh, like Brawlhalla or or, you know, or any of those of popular ones. whatever. Um, but the reason I say the Super Smash is like direct competitor is the <laughs> fact that this game is made by Warner Brothers. And since Warner Brothers owns a lot of IP, uh, anything from DC to, to whatever, uh, they are able to bring <laughs> to in whatever. a bunch of characters from all types of different TV shows and such. So you have... Uh, you know, you have Bugs Bunny. You've got like Arya Stark from like Game of Thrones. You've got LeBron James because of Space Jam. Uh, you've got Finn and Jake uh, from Adventure Time. Uh, I mean, there's just there's all these random characters. Steven and uh, Garnet from Steven Universe. I mean, come yeah. on, the best characters. Yeah. So so they add all these characters together in the same you know same format. The object is to get your teammates off the map basically four times to win the game. Your opponents off the uh, map, not your teammates. Your opponents off, not your teammates. Uh, so the point wow. is, you guys um, must have done terribly. Oh, we, we did terribly great. Actually, we did we pretty good. Great. We did pretty good. Yeah, did you okay. did well. You did well. We did okay. Uh, but yeah, I, it was I, it was we definitely won the majority of our games. Yeah, definitely a cool a experience. Um, I haven't played a, 
like a, I'm not going to say fighter because I'll trigger some people, but um, I haven't played any sort of fighting brawler game in a very long time. So uh, the fact that I got to play this, it kind of threw me in that nostalgia state of just like being like a a kid playing games with my cousins because like we would just pass the controller back and forth and I'd foot sweep to death until they couldn't (laughs) catch me and then I would just keep winning. Um, But no, that's kind of like how I felt playing this. Um, But obviously, you know, I'm an adult and it's a lot newer. There's a lot of different characters and such. So uh, it was just fun. It was was a lot of fun. Um, It was a lot of fun. There's a lot of similarities between a brawler and a fighter being that, you know, you have different move sets. There's a lot of depth in it with iframes when you do dodges uh, or even certain attacks. And there's a lot of things that you can learn and different variations. I mean, uh, you know, we, we played variations from attackers and glass cannons to playing control uh, in control. Like Velma was a control character. She does not do a lot of damage, but she really can move other people around the screen a lot if you play it right. And she becomes devastating. And, but that's if you spend the time to just like a fighter to really learn the move sets and really learn just instinctually that when you see this happen, you're going to do this. And that's kind of why, like I spent the weekend playing it and I had a blast and love the game. I think it's, it moves well. It reacts well. It looks fantastic. I could see that this is probably going to be really big in the brawler space, but it's just not the thing that I'm going to sink time into. So I'm going to take my weekend of, of playing with Mike and having like 80% win rate and go out on top. You know? yeah. I mean, <laughs> as opposed to like was... six months from now, somebody's, Oh, I will say I, that's one of the things that me and Mike said is that the matchmaking in it seems really spot on good. Like it was yeah. really matching oh, cool. us up with people that were like, we didn't wipe the floor with them. We felt like we earned our victories and when we got oh. beat, we really felt like it was because, yeah, they were, they were better than us. And it wasn't always like they won two out. Sometimes they won two of the rounds and they were substantially better than us. But most of the time it was like, oh, we won a round, they won a round, and then they won another round. That's uh, cool. So the matchmaking so, was fantastic. So right now there's about, I think, 12 characters. And, and they have uh, very similar to any other uh, type of sports game at this point. Uh, is a battle pass. So battle pass is there. They have a, a mm-hmm. free battle pass that you just level up and you, you know, game things as you just keep playing. Uh, they also have a premium battle pass, which is something you can pay for, uh, which is called uh, Glimmerin. I think it is uh, something like that, but it's like a gem that you can pay for. Uh, I think it was, uh, I think you get a thousand Glimmerin for like eight ninety nine or something like that. Nine ninety nine. Yeah. It oh just doesn't God. sound like something that should be in this game. Glimmer and like sounds like a drug. Yeah. 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 It looks so, like a drug. Oh, yeah. it's, just, yeah. it's just, I was going to say shape. like, maybe like yeah. in fable. Oh, the glimmer and, Oh, take this yeah. glimmer in and go, well, go meet your partner. <laughs> yeah. So they have, so they have the ability to buy, you can basically buy all your characters straight out. Like if you want to mm. do that, you can, or, or you can just, uh, earn gold from each match and then use your gold to unlock your characters as well. Um, there, from what I, what I saw, there wasn't any unlocking moves. Um, so basically 
it's all cosmetic based, which is good, especially in a fighter game like this where you're or a brawler game, excuse me, uh, mm-hmm. where you're, you know, it's more about skill and learning the, the matchmaking, learning the, 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 also the synergy between teammates. Cause that's another thing I, we didn't talk about was the, the synergy that you get between the different characters and also playing as a team. Um, you can play free for all, but we played just team bases all we did. So two, two V two. Um, but there was, you know, like some characters like I had, uh, for, for Finn, um, he was able to like high five his, his teammate. And if he did that, I would make them enraged so they could like attack better. Um, whereas if I hit one of the enemies, they would be, um, I think slowed down or something like that. Um, so there's different things like that going on. Um, I like LeBron's combos the best with his ball. It's pretty wild. Yeah, I didn't get balls? to. I with saw people play so a little bit of them. But he really he has balls. like he has his basketball, and like yeah. he charges it over time. He throws it, and then his teammate can catch the ball, and then throw it in another direction. If it collides with a person, he like dunks on the person, and sends them flying off the map. Yeah, so which is a really there's a cool lot of mechanic. cool things like that. <laughs> um, the one thing that I do want to point out though is not to mention we had a good time, and I'd say for me personally, I could play for about an hour and then I'm kind of done because it just isn't my type of game. But like. And it's also kind of like, like I feel like exhausted after playing for like an hour because like we're just constantly just <laughs> fighting all the time. Um, but the one thing the it's game quick. does, yeah. the, the game does this very going good. From game oh is, yeah, it's very quick. Is so it's e- quick, even listening? I can hear Mike's controller. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing that they do in this game really well is the game loop because when you finish playing we kind of joked about it a few times. There's not enough time to like do anything else. Like you're immediately in the next match. Like you don't really feel like (laughs) you get to step back off the sidelines until like you really force yourself to quit playing. So they have it like you just keep playing and you're playing next match playing and you're playing. And it's like, and, and it's uh, best. So if you play a match and you decide to rematch, it automatically throws you into best out of three. And then once that best out of three is resolved, winner or loser, uh, you automatically move on to the next next uh, opponents. Like you don't get to play those same people again, unless obviously matchmaking throws you in. But it's it's literally meant to like play it, move on, play it, move on. But it's so quick, like it just constantly throws you into a new loop. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. I yeah. don't know how yeah. if that'll be adjusted. I feel like it will, or maybe they'll add some mechanics to kind of like gear you back. Because oh, the whole thing, I think the they'll map, leave it as is. To be totally yeah. honest, because yeah, yeah cause, well, I mean, I think like, they'll you add to learn a character. Yeah, um, I'm really curious yeah. about how the competitive scene is going to flush out for it because they're definitely targeting it. But one yeah. of the things that I've been talking about with a lot of my friends who play competitive Smash is um, the idea that the game is mostly focused on two v twos. Hmm. They do have a, a very central focus on the idea of two v twos and a balanced yeah. focus of two v twos, which means that one v ones inadvertently are going to suffer. There are some characters where you think about them as solo. You're like, they're not as good. Like. Like LeBron throwing his ball, right? Like, if he doesn't have a teammate to capitalize on a lot of those, then, like, it kind of removes from his kit. Um, And 2v2s are not as popular in in Smash, in, like, the Smash universe as 1v1s. It's not that they're not popular at all, it's just not as popular. So I'm curious to see how that flushes out. Will they actually make 2v2 something that's wildly successful? Or will it kind of, like, be pigeonholed by that and inevitably flop? Gleemium. But the characters are Gleemium, even are uh, awesome. And looks Gleemium. like a drug. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah. So I, I that think, looks I think, like something I took in college. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, got a good point. Is is by I default, mean, I did not do in, that, mom and dad. <laughs> uh, there, <laughs> I don't know what you're there talking is about. <laughs> free for all. Obviously, um, 
and and but they default there's even one versus one but they default to 2v2 which is it, it's neat because the characters do have this balance where they work well together but it also doesn't have some of the things that you see like in Brawlhalla and Super Smash Brothers which you have eight people on the screen at once going nuts yeah, yeah. Uh, they also they they didn't have like uh, and, and this is very controversial in the smash bros side which is you know they if multiverses didn't have like that whole concept of these just items coming down that really randomized stuff like all of a sudden you got a ray gun that your character normally wouldn't have that no. ability and you're wrecking havoc on people which i kind of appreciate in like the being a non-competitive player in smash brothers and i'm just there to like cause some chaos and have some fun. I appreciate that smash brothers. And that's something that I don't see in multiverses, but back to what Duran was saying is that maybe that is to bring in more of that esports ish competitive scene. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, there, there are a few like, so bugs bunny has the ability to throw down a box and randomly pull out an item. And that item is on the screen that anybody can use, but it's there's nothing from what I saw like very powerful. Uh, yeah, you it was just more throw just it at like someone. yeah, like a, a projectile you throw and it sounds it's sounds dangerous over. It's or like a, like a crazy thing. Some so. of them are small <laughs> anyway, TVs. They got it's uh, it's an interesting game. I would say check it out. It's also free to play. Uh, so that's like I said, that's one of the, oh, like, yeah. the fun parts about those free to play on Steam. You can get an Epic or whatever store you want to get it the, from. Um, the net code is solid. But yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun. Check it out. For Whoa, sure. I had to check so, something. About that game, uh-huh. one last note. I was thinking, and I was like, who owns Dexter's Lab? And it's also Warner Brothers. Oh, yeah. If they add Dexter's Lab, I'm like sure Dexter yes, to it. Yes, who's gonna play? I'm going to play that so or much Didi. as Dexter cracks. <laughs> they'd have to be a combo, and they'd be the most annoying characters if they're on the map with each other. Yeah. Because they do, inter- the characters do interact a lot. Tom and Jerry yeah. would also be up there. Yeah, yeah, no, well, Tom actually, and Jerry are annoying on there because they do split <laughs> up. One of the fun parts that I heard was uh, when Shaggy was playing against a Batman, I would hear Batman go, I really need to inspect his sandwiches or something like that. <laughs> oh, the quips are good. Oh, the, man, so good. That's they're, they're, cute. They're, they're topical to who is being played at the time on both sides, and the quips are just, they're really oh. good. So I played another I game. Mean, actually yesterday uh, for the first time in a while right i played a game called road 96 uh is available on game pass uh, so i checked it out because i'd never heard of it and it was out it said you might like this game i was like okay cool uh so road 96 is uh it's it's kind of like a story game where you follow a story of a girl who's trying to get to road 96 which is the border of of patriot or i think it is patriot it's like that that's what they called it um and the point is they're trying to get across the border because there's a lot of political things going on in the world, uh, in this, the world that she lives in that, uh, they're basically trying to destroy like kids, like take oh. them out and not let them vote and let and just change the world for how they want. It, about I versus, mean, maybe kids you know. shouldn't vote though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So, and I say kids like teenagers, but, um, so yeah, so the game is basically, 
you're following um, a story that you set out for yourself. So when the game starts, it actually asks you a few questions. It says, like, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? And you select out of, like, two or three answers um, what you decide. And it's like, by the way, this game's going to change and react to how you play. And you're like, okay, cool. So you answer the few questions, and then you kind of feel like you're kind of railroaded a little bit. But one of the interesting things is uh, each, like, scenario that you get to, because the point is, like I said, you're trying to get to the end point from your location it tells you like 1,500 miles away from the border or whatever. Uh, but each part that you get to, uh, you have different scenarios that you, you meet these random people. Um, you have the different scenarios of how you act towards that person or whatever. And then when you're done, uh, you basically hit the road and you can decide, do you hitchhike? Do you buy a taxi? Do you uh, decide to walk? You know, so how do you want to get there? And depending on the money that you make in the game, because you may not have any money, uh, that can kind of limit the abilities of like getting a taxi. Uh, oh. So on what also happens is there's RNG involved. So every time you play the game, apparently I've only played one through, uh, but it's apparently it changes every time you play. So just because I pick this character and answer these questions a certain way does not mean that it's going to end up the same way. Cause much like real life, real, real life, like if you hitchhike, um, you never know who's going to pick you up. So, um, not to spoil the game a little bit, there's there's okay. a character that's um, there's a character that's known to be a taxi driver, and you may or may not run across that person if you decide to get a taxi. So, um, but you take a taxi, it costs money, but you can also get to sleep, so you get to recover your health a little bit. Um, so I got all the way to the border um, on my playthrough and and got caught. I got arrested at the border, and uh. it was not fun because I, I thought i thought i had it i was like oh i thought the game was gonna just push me through it like it seemed like there was gonna just make it happen um but no i i literally got caught at the border um they threw me back so it was quite interesting but again that's the first playthrough apparently there's like four other characters i haven't even met yet and there's like a whole nother you know side of the story that i haven't even seen so uh pretty neat game i'd say check it out it's uh it's definitely sort of railroady but it doesn't it has a decent story for you to kind of follow. So it doesn't feel like you're just doing everything they tell you to do. So it's pretty neat. Ooh, it's, it, it, it looks really good and it, it got some pretty good awards. Accolades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not awards, but accolades. That's cool. Well, I've been playing um, randomly when I was a kid, I used to really love playing like grid logic puzzles and so you get a story, <clears throat> excuse me, and it, it says, you know, rental cars. It's like Sam has a, a, a his rental car is less expensive than the Acura rental car. And you're oh, like, well, yeah. yeah. And then it'll say uh, Tiffany, uh, her rental car was available at 8 a.m. So you're supposed to to. to determine who got a rental car at what time and what their rental car was. So it's, I should pull it up. It's, it's a grid. And if you like a uh, logic style puzzles here, let's do grandkids birthday. Um, if you can see this logic yep. style puzzles, there's my ring light by the way. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So you'll, you'll be able to um, determine, okay, well, so Sam's rental car isn't the most expensive rental car and it's under this other thing. Oh, well then he got the Camry or whatever. 
you'll figure it out based on that. So my partner is a very aggressive driver and I needed to take my mind off of that driving um, a couple points over the last couple of weeks. And these uh, logic games have, have really been helping me with that. But it's also like exercising your brain. So if you've got uh, maybe an older family member who is just sitting around all day, these types of logic puzzles are like crosswords or, or, or other, you know, simple puzzles that Wordle? help. What? Wordle. Wordle. Look, we're not going to we talk, talk about Wordle, Wordle. yet. At least not no, yet. No, we're no. going to talk, talk about Wordle again soon, but just not yet. So <laughs> those those types of games, in some of them are super easy and super quick. Others, I mean, you can, the grid can expand and it's challenging, but for me, very gratifying when I'm like, I finally figure it out. I'm like, wait, hold on. So, oh, wait, this, this, and this all connects. And ah, now I've solved it. And they're like, great job. I'm like, I'm amazing. <laughs> but, it, but if you get stuck <clears throat> on the rental car one, is that gridlock? <laughs> it 100% is gridlock. So, you'll until like you a ask game. for a hint. <laughs> you'll like a board game. Oh, oh, wait, you can ask for a hint in that? You can. Uh, uh, Listen, if you need a hint, you can ask for a hint. I have not asked for hints, but if you need a hint. But that's that's still yes. cool that they offer that with it. Because, yes. I mean, that I, I remember those logic puzzles all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, the the uh, paper and pencil ones. I that's even remember, what I used to do. Uh. Right. And I even remember doing a paper and pencil one at a team building event that we okay. had at like a place that work put up and uh, this was like uh, four years ago now, but, but oh, yeah, I, I mean, have that. an electronic one and doing it by yourself and mm -hmm. having the ability to have a hint in it. That's pretty cool. Yes. It's awesome. So in, if you are a novice at these types of games or really get stuck, sometimes finding it, getting a hint helps you to develop those new strategies. And you're like, Oh, yeah. wait a second. So, so you may like a board game. It's called mm. five minute mysteries or five minute mystery. And it's quite of like a board game card game. I don't know how to explain it. I think it's a board game, I guess, but um, the object of the game is to discover who is the, uh, I think it's the killer. Mm. I think it's the, who, who the, who the victim is or something. Um, okay. But each person has, we don't know uh, who the victim is. Some, somebody <laughs> died. Each person, we don't know who somebody. died. Each person has not important. A, a group of cards <laughs> that have the suspects on it. And okay. the way that you figure this out is by almost like a point in uh, like a point game where you point and like find things in a puzzle, like a fine, Find puzzle game. I don't know what we call those things. But like a like a like a, like a picture and you find things. Yeah, seek oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Hidden object yeah, yeah. game. <laughs> so, so you have you have these cards that have these different I scenes spy. on it, and you have a certain amount of. There's like five different symbols that are in each each scene, but each symbol can have a like a variation to the symbol. So okay. you find which ones those are, and then depending on the order, you have like a little. Um, I'm going to murder this too. It's like, I think it's a cryptog, uh, cryptograph or what is it called? It's like a round thing. It has, it has the little oh. knobs where you like, you can twist it open and like, there's a puzzle uh, inside. Uh, you don't talk about not a puzzle, but there's like a note inside. It's like a, 
I don't know. But anyway, has one of those and you line it up. And when you get that, (laughs) you can line up a certain card to the main um, puzzle piece. And depending on if it lines up or not, will determine if it says like one size says like glasses. And if it lines up, then it means the suspect has glasses or it means that the suspect does not have glasses. So everybody has suspect cards. You lay down the ones like almost like guess who you lay down Mm -hmm. the ones that don't match until you get down to the final card. That is the actual suspect. Now, that sounds cool. It's five minute mystery, which I don't know why they call it five minute mystery because they give you eight minutes. But there's an app that goes (laughs) with it and it counts down uh, the whole time while you're playing. (laughs) So you have to do this within <laughs> okay. a short amount of time and you're like trying to like hurry up and find stuff. So anyway, I, I think you'd be interested in that. It sounded kind of sound. Yeah, like I'm, like I'll add that to my Amazon cart for sure. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, anyway. so day drinker on, on your game, uh, mm-hmm. where can we find it and how much does it cost? Amazon. And it was free. I'm sorry, not Amazon. Uh, I was, I've been playing it on, um, the Apple app store it's free, and it, the the one I've been playing has is literally called Logic Puzzles. But there are there a go. plethora of them. There are some you, know, you can add more puzzles and, and pay for stuff, but literally Logic Puzzles, and they they've got cute little stories, the jubilant jub, jubilant jugglers or mobile apps or I you know rental car- parties unlimited casting character actors like. So they've all got like a story and a couple lines and you know, depending on how big the puzzle is, uh, more instruction, but it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. All right, Kelly, I know you've been dying to do this, but uh, take us to your corner. Oh, so <laughs> I, I said Kelly's corner. <laughs> that's going to be Not interesting to let in. <laughs> So it's, I was telling the guys earlier today, it's, this isn't necessarily Kelly's corner. It's like a callback corner, but Kelly's callback corner. I don't know right, what we're well, going to call we done this. Goofed. I already called this Kelly's corner now. I mean, don't, okay, well, don't, we'll uh, done is done. I mean, wait, <laughs> never mind. Hold on. Time is fluid. We've already covered <laughs> oh, no. this earlier. Yeah. Let's go back to beat. We can go back. We can fix yes. this. How many we beats can we go back? As many beats as we need to. There you go. Do y'all remember the most amazing Netflix series that I am somehow still obsessed with that Mike probably still needs to watch? Stranger Things? Oh, no. He started that one, actually. I did I said the most amazing Netflix Stranger Things. (laughs) I don't know. Sorry. Beaten by Squid Game. Remember Squid Game? And yes. we played uh, Crab Game. There's a whole oh, yes. game oh, of the yeah, moment yeah, yeah. That, where we played that, or maybe it wasn't a game of the moment. We just all got online and I think it was around. anyway. Yeah, that was a lot of that was a blasty blast. What if I told you we could play Squid Games for real in person? Wait, like like an escape room, but but Squid Game. Yeah, um, uh, sure. I'll I, go with, I'm yeah. good. I don't really want to get shot and die. So what if I told well, you? Hey, listen, I'll be fine because you get shot and die and I'll be fine because I'll stop. When it goes red light, I'll stop. <laughs> stop. I, I, I don't I'm not like these other drivers around the southern state that run red lights. 
what if I told you we could play without dying? Yeah, I'm less I interested I mean, not now. as much fun. <laughs> <laughs> what I if mean, I... Mike's life's not on the line. What are we doing here? Yeah, I true. mean, true story. How is this game supposed to elicit any emotion out of me if there's not real consequences? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I guess there kind of are some consequences. Okay, I guess no, we're focusing still on... Sounds like fun. I think we're focusing on the negative. Do we still win millions and billions of dollars? No. And those weren't no. dollars in that game anyway. Uh, you're, oh, you're kind of jumping ahead. You're kind of jumping ahead. So, <laughs> there is a company Tell called Immersive Gamebox who is partnered with Netflix. And they are, they've actually developed an in-person squid game. Guess where you can play this game. In a state that we live in. Not Atlanta. Fucking not Atlanta. It's bullshit. You can play it in Manhattan, Denver, Dallas, San Antonio, the Woodlands. You didn't know where that was? It's called, it's in Texas. Salt Lake City, Arlington, Virginia. And I think they just picked this one because they like the name Rancho Cucamonga, (laughs) California. Uh, And then four other locations in the UK. So I, I think they filmed porn there. Raunchy Cucamonga. <laughs> That's what it sounds. Wait, wait, wait. They gave it to oh. Arlington, Virginia, but not Atlanta. That's what I said. I, I did a little, a little more trip. research. 2023, there will be an immersive game box <laughs> location in Atlanta. So hopefully we can play it next year. Oh, so we get to wait till 2023. We should do another Squid Games. There's no prize other than life. And all the people who decided those <laughs> locations have to compete. <laughs> Sorry, no. It's only I'm, fair. No, I'm laughing, God. I'm crying. Well, <clears throat> this, I'll play with them. Yeah, this company, uh, Immersive Game Box, also helped create, partnered to create um, a life size Angry Birds in their other immersive game studios. So I think there's hope for us. How do they get the large like cardinals and stuff? When they do that. Yeah, I was about to ask. Like, did, are those like? Mutated breeds. Like. Yeah, so it's an immersive game experience. They use things like touch pads and just general sensory. You're in a room with four walls because most rooms have them. And you can see what's happening on all the walls. You turn around, what's ever like, gone over your head is there too. And they do all the games. So red light, green light. Do y'all, do y'all even... Y'all, did y'all actually watch it? Was I? I thought Brian, you watched it, right? I yeah, okay. finished it. Yeah. You finished it too, Bruno. Yeah, we've all watched it. Okay, good, good. Okay. How do you think we so, live under a rock? I want to see how just they now started the Clash Stranger Things. Okay, I didn't like Stranger Things initially. Initially, initially, yeah. I, I don't you know, know if I developed still like the taste for it. Somebody Maybe. already yeah, did this, look. right? Just to be clear, someone recreated Squid Games, plastic paintings, the whole nine yards. Okay, Is... but that, that, that yeah. So... And the winner got millions of dollars. I'm <laughs> never doing a Kelly's Corner no, with Bruno no, I ever this. again. I did not know about this. <laughs> I think this is so cool. <laughs> I was just bringing up that somebody else had done it. So. One time. <laughs> it's a little bit different. So red light, green light, it's like the 3D motion tracking in, you know, you're avoiding different things and it's tracking everything you're doing. So you've got like little cameras and stuff on your head with a, a headband. Well, mocap so dots. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Is that what they <laughs> the, used to kill you? Suit. <laughs> yeah. Like shocks so, you when you lose. Yeah. You don't actually die. You do lose yeah. virtual lives or get money added to your virtual piggy bank. So the Dal- Dalgona, hopefully I'm saying that correctly, um, you know, the carving the shapes out of stuff. Uh, tug of war. I mean, that's self-explanatory, except, again, you don't actually die. Marbles, which is, I think, the most boring part of the, the show, with the exception of the, you know, one thing that I will not reveal because maybe somebody hasn't seen it. Uh, the glass bridge is actually they've converted to a puzzle game. Wah, wah. But so this virtual money. Uh, if it's really just virtual. We money. can, we can buy like NFTs with it. I'm going to flip it. the metaverse oh. la- landscape. And no, la- no, la- la- this is, this is a game you play with between two and six people in a group. Just you guys. And no, you pay to play this game. You don't get any money from this game. This is I'm, like Squid Game I'm down. I'm in. Listen, I'm still. Idea. Listen, if I had to pay for you, Mike, you're playing there's, this game. There's <clears throat> only one movie slash series transition to real life game that I'd probably want to play more than Squid Games. And mm-hmm. that's Cube. I have not seen that yet. There's Cube, Cube 2, Hypercube, and Cube Zero. And it was kind of Squid Games before Squid Games. Okay. Okay. Uh, people woke up and had amnesia and don't know how they ended up in this square room. And they had connections on all six sides to other rooms. And there would be booby traps and weird things happening in some of those other rooms. Oh my God. Oh, it sounds like uh, a YouTube series too. I don't think they ever finished it. It was called the, uh, I'll have to think about it now. There's, I'll have to think about it, but yeah, it's like a bunch well, of kids and they basically wake up in these white walled rooms and they yes. all think that they're just doing nothing. And then they all start finding out like each room has a purpose. And then that sounds like a remake it. of cube. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, so homework, go and watch yes. at least one of those movies. If, if in only case, we knew yeah. someone that had the ability to. In case you out. don't know this, Kelly, they did. The, the reason I mentioned is this guy, Mr. Beast did recreate squid games for a prize of $500,000 to the winner of squid games. And he well, recreated the glass bridge, except when you fell, there was a net to catch you underneath, but it was like a suspended oh, bridge with the same process. And when you jumped on it, there was a chance to just fall through to your okay. death. It was it was amazing. That's because Mr. Beast has more money than he knows what to do with right now. Did he just cross how many million subscribers? I have no idea, but that guy's wild. Oh, Mr. Beast. Yeah, no, I know you're talking about now. No, a hundred million. He he just crossed a hundred million subscribers. Mm -hmm. He literally has said he doesn't know what to do with his money. Like he said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he started this idea of just like yeah. getting big corporations to give him money mm-hmm. for these sponsorships and he would just give it away to people. Yeah. And and now he just I don't know, he just makes so much money and does create he literally just gives money away. I saw him the other yeah. day on TikTok giving a Lamborghini away to somebody for like <laughs> I think they had to break open a cinder block or something first and they were like, Oh, Lamborghini's yours. Congratulations. I well, guess. Okay. I know. Well, <sighs> well I'm not 
Y'all, Continue. y'all have interrupted. Sorry. So you, knock it off, Mike. Knock the fuck off. You calm down for a we second. Were, I didn't realize we were yeah, still going. Yeah, I'm still not done. I'm still okay. not done. So. We'll let you finish. Thanks. The very last game is the squid game. I'm going to let you finish. Very last game is the squid game. Okay. Still don't know how to play that, so I'm going to have to do some research. Watch the whole show. Still don't understand the whole you the rules of Squid Game. It's no, I didn't. I was I was paying attention to reading the words and could, I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know I can't explain it right now. But Bruno, Netflix will be filming a reality game show called Squid Game: The Challenge, where there will be. 456 players playing to win $4.65 million. (laughs) So if you are in the Atlanta area and you really want to play this game, there will be an immersive game box location in Alpharetta, Atlantic Station, Buckhead, in Midtown. We have our choices, friends. (laughs) And that also that game show sounds like <laughs> Wipeout on steroids. Yes, I mean, it does. Basically. Yes, it does. They, right. well, well. M- <laughs> multiplayer wipeout. Instead of sending them one at a time, it's just like everybody swarms it at once. And just, oh, well, half the fall playing guys. field just it's got be- knocked out. <laughs> it's going to be old Fall Guys situation. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Real life yeah, Fall Guys. We all that's the way to end this. Yep. All righty. Well, that's what got our attention this week. If you liked this video, make sure to click the like button or click the subscribe. Click the bell if you want to see new videos when they do pop up. New, uh, we also have Patreon. New. I mean, you know, let them figure that out. They can watch you know, without <laughs> subtitles. It's fine. Captions, whatever. So uh, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash sasgaming. Uh, we really appreciate anybody that uh, wants to help us out, get some new content out for you. Uh, there's a couple different levels, $2 and $5, uh, whichever you want us to do. If you don't, that's fine. Um, totally cool. Uh, anyway, until next time, we really love you guys, and uh, we will uh, see you guys around soon. Y'all take care. Cheers. Deuces. <laughs>